Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Three witches huddle around a steaming cauldron, cloaked in darkness, cackling menacingly as Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog are thrown into the mysterious depths of the cauldron. This is the classic image of witches and witchcraft which has been seared into the public consciousness by works such as Macbeth, which has been taken and modernized by works such as Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Witchcraft, its aesthetics, its meaning, its morality, has often been at the forefront of Western minds, for better or for worse. And now, as the age of social media is upon us, it has once again risen to prominence. What does the new witchcraft look like? And why is it becoming popular now? Many new witches have been using their practices as a form of female empowerment, but with the concept of witchcraft having been used to slander indigenous religions by colonists, and with many modern witches disrespecting closed practices, is it possible for witchcraft to truly be used as a tool for feminist empowerment? How can witches ensure their practices are ethical? Let's find out in this episode of Subculture. Welcome to Subculture with Olga and Michaela, a KPLY anthro-collaborative podcast from Palo Alto High School, where we explore the complexities of internet niches and aesthetics. In this episode, we take a look at witchcraft and its presence in history, culture, and media, the reasons behind its recent rise on social media platforms like TikTok, and the issues surrounding witchcraft, such as cultural appropriation. First, let's define what exactly witchcraft is, at least for the purposes of this podcast. According to Merriam-Webster, it can be defined as rituals and practices that incorporate belief in magic and that are associated especially with neo-pagan traditions and religions. Those neo-pagan traditions and religions can include a boatload of different practices. So let's look into the more prominent ones. Wicca, a mid-20th century British-born neo-pagan group, is one of the most popular branches of witchcraft and centers around the Book of Shadows, a collection of rituals and spells first published in 1949 by Gerald Gardner, a British man often considered the founder of Wicca. It is based largely off the pre-Christian religious traditions of Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. It is typically duotheistic, centering around the female triple spirit goddess and the male horned god, though some users worship with different polytheistic pantheons such as the Greek or Norse deities. Celestial events and bodies such as solstices, eclipses, the sun, and the moon are all considered sources of power and energy. It should be noted that many modern witches choose not to strictly define themselves specifically as Wiccans, but rather simply call themselves witches. This kind of modern, loosely defined witchcraft is what's most likely to show up on your social media. Many of the spells and ideas used under this umbrella are taken from Wicca, but there are fewer restrictions which draws many people in. There is often a similar emphasis on celestial bodies, energies, natural world, crystals, offerings, and manifestations. This kind of witchcraft is open to be used by anyone, as it does not have any specific cultural ties. Additionally, many modern witches choose to work with a specific pantheon of gods, or more accurately, a specific pantheon chooses to work with them. So a pantheon is just like a word to describe a 
um, like group of gods that belong to a certain kind of faith or religion, usually used for um, polytheistic religions. This is the voice of Selena, a Bay Area high schooler who follows the Norse pantheon. I believe that every like god and goddess from or deity from every pantheon and every religion on this world like exists but they just kind of decide to present themselves to certain people and maybe multiple of them will present from different religions will present themselves to one person or none at all and that's where we get atheists i started seeing a lot of ravens everywhere and like a lot more than i usually saw in that area and this was like over the course of like last year's quarantine starting in March. And at one point actually during like May to July-ish, like every day I would find like a crow's feather or a raven's feather. And I was like, this is just so consistent that it must mean something. And so I just did a lot of research, basically narrowed it down to either Morrigan from Celtic paganism or Odin from Norse paganism. And then the signs kind of became more like concrete towards the Odin side. And that's kind of when I started to pick up like, I'm gonna try to like, I'm gonna try out kind of believing the Norse pantheon and kind of trying out Norse paganism for a while. And I really liked it. So, and it really did resonate with me. So I just stuck with it. Also, not all modern witches practice Wicca or that vague witchcraft. Increasingly, many BIPOC individuals have been reconnecting with their indigenous religious practices, practices which have been historically repressed by colonizers and the media. These are religions that have significant cultural ties and are therefore considered to be what are called closed practices. More on that concept and the conflict surrounding it later, but what you need to know now is that this kind of witchcraft is reserved only for members of the culture from which it originated. Buharia refers to the oculate religious practices of Latin American and Afro-Caribbean cultures, which have influences from indigenous and African religions, and Catholicism, which has been imposed on much of the region during the over 300-year period of European colonialism. Voodoo is an African diasporic religion that developed in Haiti in the 16th to 19th centuries. Like Buharia, it draws from both traditional religions, in Voodoo's case the ones prominent in Western Africa, and the imposed religion, Catholicism. You can definitely see it, like this big resurgence because I know um, I've definitely seen like a lot of people, especially like on the internet on TikTok, um, saying like they're pagans, they're witches, and like they're practicing. I've also noticed that a lot of the people that I know myself and that people I've known in the past have started to turn to like alternate spirituality and even witchcraft. So why exactly are we seeing this boom in the popularity of witchcraft? Well, there are several reasons, but much of it can be attributed to the increasing popularity of the feminist movement. Witches and witchcraft have often been topics which concerned or intrigued the general populace, usually going along with some kind of moral panic. We are all familiar with the tales of the Salem witch trials, of women being burned at the stake or drowned in rivers after being accused of flirting with the dark arts. To the modern eye, this witch hunting, that targeting of women for supposedly performing witchcraft, can very clearly be interpreted to be a more broad targeting of women who held a kind of perceived power in a patriarchal society. Thus, the feminists of the 20th and 21st century have logically sought to reclaim witchcraft and its aesthetics 
as a means of fighting back against that historic Western aversion to seeing women create and control their own power. This can be seen in a multitude of media such as Sabrina the Teenage Witch and others. A popular slogan of many witches is, we are the daughters of the witches you couldn't burn. I actually do find, um, I do find witchcraft pretty empowering just because like, especially with like the history of witchcraft in the United States, like the Salem witch trials, um, and even just like other kinds of um, spirituality, a lot of the times in history, women have been associated with like practicing witchcraft or having this like magical ability to them. Um, we see it across a lot of different cultures. And that, of course, used to be, was for a time a sign of like shame in a way, especially with the Christian church. But now it has, as we are become a more progressive society, it has become a kind of symbol of empowerment, especially like with how much persecution uh, witches have faith has have faced uh, and pagans have faced um, against um, specifically the Christian church. Basically, it's just like, you know, like we persevered, we survived, we still exist to this day. We and like our beliefs were there was an attempt to wipe out our belief completely, but they're still here. And like that's empowering. This claiming of witchcraft by second, third, and especially fourth wave feminists is perhaps part of the reason why we have seen an increase in its popularity and presence on social media. Simultaneously, social media is also part of the reason why it has grown. With social media and with a platform where you kind of have the ability to reach, have your message reach a lot of people, and like more than you can physically imagine. Of course, we're gonna see, and with how many teenagers are actually using social media, especially like TikTok um, recently, you're obviously gonna see a rise in like a lot of people taking interest in things like witchcraft again, and taking interest in things like, oh, it's neo-paganism again. They start down the path to research. And then some of them might say, oh, this is for me. I'm gonna start practicing it. And some people will be like, no, this is not for me, but it's still really cool. This turn away from quote-unquote traditional American Christianity, especially by women, is due to a number of factors, but the most obvious would be that many women feel that the traditional church in America subjects women to a level of oppression, often via toxic conceptions around sexuality, sexual agency, and modesty. This, of course, is not true of every woman's experience with Christianity, but it is a common story. Another reason could simply be that the Christian church doesn't meet everyone's spiritual needs, and we are living in a time where there are simply more religious options for people to explore. I was, like me, like a lot of witches and pagans, I was actually raised quite Christian. Um, but I didn't really, like, Christianity doesn't resonate with me at all. And I've had, like, some really hurtful experiences with the Christian church. So I, when I was old enough, like 13, 14, I decided to leave the Christian church, like abandon that faith. Um, and I started down from like being Christian to being atheist, to being agnostic, to being pagan. Um, and I feel like that's what's happening for a lot of people is that they, a lot of these like witches and pagans started out as Christians and 
a lot of them still have like a connection, a connection to the divine, or believe in spirituality, and they believe that there's something beyond the physical world. So atheism doesn't really fit in with their beliefs.、Um, so they're searching for something else, and that something else became paganism and witchcraft. Additionally, especially for African American, Indigenous, and Latino people, the church often symbolizes colonial oppression. The violence of centuries of forced conversions and suppressions of Indigenous religion. Truly, cannot be underestimated. Today, as conversations surrounding colonialism and its long-lasting impacts grow louder, it is truly no surprise that many people of color are looking to reconnect their pre-colonial religious practices, such as voodoo and brujeria, which we mentioned earlier. They have been depicted as devil worship, evil, and barbaric by the colonists that oppress practitioners and by our modern media. However, the stigma has thankfully failed to eradicate those religions, as many people have been using the internet to connect back to their roots. I've always been drawn to、uh, spirituality, and、um, I grew up. I grew up Catholic,、uh, and in middle school, you know, I just started reading a bunch of things about it, but I never actually started practicing until a couple of years ago. This is the voice of Sophia, a learning bruja of about two years. So I do a lot of ancestral work. I have an ancestral altar in my home. I cleanse it regularly. I set things out, offerings, that sort of things. Anything from herbs to crystals to coins to things that my ancestors liked during their lifetime. Right.、Mm -hmm. That's basically、uh, a big, a really big part of my practice. But other than that, it involves like spell work for things like. Self-love, or money, or protection, or things like that. Like things that are very, what you think of like witchcraft, or what things that you'll probably like see on TikTok or something.、Mm -hmm. It's it's stuff like that, but it also involves、uh, rituals underneath, like full moons or certain things to set intentions or manifestations, that sort of thing. Like Selena, Sophia also feels that witchcraft is empowering, but that empowerment stems from its colonial history. It's a kind of reclamation. Something about witchcraft is very empowering, in my opinion. Something about it is very—it、um, helps you connect to your roots, definitely, and it also helps you take back power that traditional religion, in some cases, has taken from you. Especially as you know, as someone who is indigenous Mexican,、um, my family has specifically like been colonized from this, by the Spanish. I have built like. A lot of my ancestors were born on the missions in South Texas and Northeastern Mexico, and、um, where I what I think of whenever I practice Bukaria is the people that I've come from and like what they have dealt with, and how this is almost kind of reclaiming a bit of power that we've lost over the years、um, through colonization. At the heart of witchcraft, it's literally it's about. Connecting yourself to the earth and reclaiming your own power. The rise of this new community on social media, and the fact that more women are being able to feel empowered or more connected to their cultures through the practice, is certainly a positive. But like most things, it comes with its own sets of complications and controversies, especially when it comes to the concept of closed practices and the use of pagan symbols by hate groups such as the Sons of Odin. As we touched on earlier, a closed practice is a religious practice which holds a special significance to a specific culture, often cultures which have been formally persecuted by colonial powers. This can include a multitude of practices, from the voodoo and brujeria already mentioned to the indigenous religions of the Americas and African countries, 
the bottom line when it comes to these closed practices, as the name suggests, closed to those who are not a part of the practice's specific culture. They'll practice these things, and then whenever people who are of the backgrounds that they that whatever they've done originates from, kind of like either get angry or they're like, "Hey, you're not doing that properly," or you're completely misinterpreting it. They often like get offended or like will go on a whole racist rant. Um, yeah, so that's kind of I guess a little bit of my thoughts on it. I think it's a it's a pretty it's a growing issue, especially with like uh, TikTok. The issue cuts deeper than just conversation and online interactions. With the rise of the popularity of witchcraft comes an increasing awareness of these practices from those who are not members of those cultures, and an increase in the appropriation of those practices by them, even the commodification of them. The most common instance of this that I have personally witnessed on my own social media is with the burning of white sage. Used originally by the indigenous people of the Americas, this herb was used for centuries as a medicinal herb and also in a spiritual practice known as smudging. The use of white sage by natives in religious practices was banned in Canada until 1951 and until 1978 in the United States. Now, the burning of white sage has become popularized and stripped of its historical and cultural significance, not only on social media, but by companies as well. Sold as a way to cleanse your room of negativity, bundles of white sage could be found everywhere from urban outfitters to the grocery store. The rise of popularity of white sage as an everyday, kind of vaguely spiritual tool is problematic for a couple reasons. The first and most obvious being that non-indigenous people are using a sacred, formerly repressed, and closed practice for themselves without understanding or respecting its history or culture. This is classic cultural appropriation, and a kind which has also occurred with, with Palo Santo, a plant native to South America, the burning of which has also considered a closed practice. Secondly, the demand for white sage by non-indigenous people has grown so high that white sage, which is indigenous only to North America, has become on the brink of endangerment, and there have even been reports of people illegally harvesting the plant from protected wildlife reserves. This means that it is increasingly difficult for native people to actually be able to use the herb that has been a part of their culture and their religions for so long. Native activists on social media have called often for non-indigenous people to stop burning white sage and to instead use alternative items for smudging, such as rosemary, cedar, or pine. Them, I guess, practicing or taking things from certain colonized, like, beliefs of colonized peoples is, again, like, colonization part two. Additionally, white supremacist groups such as the Sons of Odin who infamously had a member present in the January 6th raid at the U.S. Capitol, have often adopted symbols originating from North Paganism, as suggested by their name. Obviously, this creates a tie between violent white supremacy and this branch of witchcraft, which does not exactly reflect well in the practice. This is Selena, who was also a member of the Norse Pagan faith, had to say about the matter. Um, through my extensive research, because I understand that when I got into Norse paganism, I was going to have to deal with, you know, kind of clarifying and defending my faith against people trying to bastardize it, which is what these white supremacists and people on the alt-right are doing. And this dates all the way back to, like, the Nazis in World War II. Um, a lot of these are sacred symbols, like the Valknot and uh, Yggdrasil, which is the cosmic tree. 
um, and even Odin's hammer has have all been bastardized and appropriated. So as a Norse pagan, um, for me and as far as I've read, Norse pagans, of course, we need to like kind of be aware that these things are happening and but we also need to clarify that these people don't represent us and they're just bastardizing our faith to benefit them. Witchcraft has a long, complicated, and ever-changing history, one that is stricken with oppression and violence, but also self-empowerment and community. And these modern online witches are only the newest chapter in its history. Hopefully, they'll be on the right side of it. The future of witchcraft deserves to be one that is free of colonial shackles, one pine burning at a time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Subculture. For more podcasts, please check out our SoundCloud and Spotify, both at KPLY Pali Radio. For more from Anthro Magazine, take a look at our website at anthromagazine.org. This podcast was edited by me, Olga Muse, with additional reporting and scripting by Michaela Sia. A special thank you to all those interviewed and to Megatrax for providing music.